Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stay Focused. My name is Pastor Jay Morgan. I'm the director of the Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and the West Virginia Prayer Alliance, and I am your host tonight. Uh, I am so excited about the guest that I'm going to have on tonight, um, Christopher Hilton. Uh, Christopher uh, is from Vance, Alabama, right outside of Birmingham. Uh, actually, is a West Virginia boy uh, by birth, and we're going to talk a little bit about that once we bring him on. But listen, you're going to want to, to be... Uh, stay tuned tonight and uh, invite some others to watch. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be blessed. If you need encouragement, if you're an intercessor, if you need encouraged, if you need a healing in your life, if you need God to move, you'll want, you're going to want to be uh, on this episode tonight. We're watching and listening. Uh, we believe the Holy Spirit is going to move. And uh, so go ahead and start sharing this out right now. Listen, if, if you don't share my, my videos, that's okay. But you want people to be blessed by the ministry of uh, Christopher Hilton. And we're going to go ahead and bring Christopher on right now. Hey, Christopher, it's so good to have you um, on Stay Focused with us here tonight. Yes, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We, we actually kind of go way back. Um, when we were kids, our, our families were in, in church together. And uh, mm -hmm. of course, we're not going to talk about how long ago that was. No, but let's, let's clear, clear of that. <laughs> <laughs> a little while ago. Yeah, a little while uh, ago. Through the years, uh, uh, you guys moved uh, into Alabama. And mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been here in West Virginia. Uh, but a couple years ago, we or I can't remember how long ago it is, actually, we, we reconnected. And, yeah. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. I want to say it was probably four years ago, maybe, I believe. I Sounds believe it right. was four years ago, uh, 2015, 16, in that area. Um, as you know, we put on a conference there in West Virginia each year. Yes. And uh, I was praying about that conference and just, you know, not to be whatever, but I hadn't thought of you in years. Right. You know, it's not, we, we didn't really stay in con close contact or whatever. But I was praying, matter of fact, in this actual room right here, I was praying for the conference and the Lord just dropped you in my heart. And I thought, man, I hadn't thought about him and I don't know how long. And so I reached out to you and that's how we kind of reconnected there. I want to say it's four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've been involved or been up uh, at your conference a couple of times and yes. then You've actually been uh, at the Appalachia Prayer Center with us. We do a uh, uh, last two years we've done a summit, a prayer and revival summit. Actually, have one still planned this year uh, in July. We're still, you know, just taking things, you know, week at a time. And sure. right now, no change has been made to that. Uh, really looking forward to it. Where you know, intercessors, prayer leaders, worshipers, pastors from multiple states gather. Uh, as my good friend. Um, Wayne says, uh, Wayne's from Birmingham, he says, mm -hmm. uh, we gather in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I said, well, that's, <laughs> that's close. But he says, aren't you glad that God shows up in the middle of nowhere? Yes, but, he does. And we've had you ministering there um, several times, and then back uh, on, on Sunday services as well. And our church, yes. uh, all the people thoroughly enjoy your ministry. And I'm really glad you're, you're on here tonight. I mean, you're just a, a talented, gifted worship leader, but also God uses you in and preaching and teaching the, the, the gospel as well, teaching the word, mm -hmm. um, uses you in various gifts, um, healing ministry. Uh, I, I know a lot, a lot of people have, have seen healings through your ministry. And, and I really just want you to spend a few minutes and just talk about what you feel like God is just speaking um, during this time, 
or, or mm-hmm. just what God has been speaking to you here, here lately. Um, Lord has okay. had his hand on you the last few months through yes. your health. And yep, I really absolutely. do believe it's for this time that we are in right now. Amen. Well, I'm grateful to be a part of it here tonight. Um, talking about the prayer summit, if you will, um, what a powerful two years it has been there. The first one was, it set the bar pretty high. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty powerful uh, moment that we had there at the prayer summit. And I was privileged to be there with you guys and last year as well. And hopefully this year too, we'll get back together and do it as well. Um, but I appreciate, let me just say that I appreciate you being led by the Lord to do what you do and what you have been doing and what you'll continue to do. And I'm very honored to be on here tonight talking with you and sharing uh, with what the Lord's put in my heart, you know, during this season of uncertainty. I mean, everywhere we go right now, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of people saying, what do I do? How do I respond? Um, How do I talk? What do I say? You know, I I don't want to give credit to the devil. I don't want to do, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these different things and, something that the Lord's really had just been dealing with me about through all of this is not letting fear grip my heart or our hearts. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm reminded to what he told Joshua. He said, be of good courage, be strong and courageous, and realize that I am going to be with you through everything, wherever you go. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but the thing of it is, and I feel like that that's a word that we need to hear today. Even yes. Christians, even leaders in, in the Christian community, leaders in our political communities, we need to hear that we trust God and know that he's going to be with us no matter what we face. Now, does that mean that we are crazy and stupid? No, it means we use wisdom and we do what we have to do, but not operating in fear. That's the thing. That's what I've been preaching. That's what I've been talking everywhere I go is don't let fear grab your heart because we serve something greater than a virus. We serve something greater than uh, any situation that, that finds itself in our, in our lives. We serve someone that's greater than that. So that's just been in my heart over the last month or two, you know, is that go and be strong and be courageous, you know, knowing that God's with you, knowing that God is for you. And if God's for you, then who can be against you, you know? And, um, and so that's just what's been in my spirit about that. It's just not operating in fear, but responding in faith, you know? And, um, you know, when we out, when we react in fear, you know, with fear is, is it causes a reaction. So we react to fear. Yes. But faith responds to things. You know, and as you know, I'm a man of faith. I'm a great man. We grew up around the same people, the same amount of of faith and prayer, you know, and if one thing that we can see or what we grew up around was men and women of great faith yes, that were not afraid. I was talking to my pastor the other day. He said, you know, if this virus would have hit back in the early 80s, it wouldn't have lasted 30 days because we were so great in faith, you know, those men and women of God, you know what I mean? And I, and I said, yeah, I agree with that. The thing of it is, though, we've got to be men and women of great faith again and not be fearful of things, you know. And I see a lot of fear today, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear in people. And yes. so my, my encouragement to people is just don't be afraid. 
but believe that God is with you. God is for you. And he's taking you through. Yes. You said that fear uh, reacts, I think mm -hmm. was the word you used, but faith yeah. responds. Yes. And, and what is it that faith responds to? Let's talk about that in a minute. Faith responds to adversity. Mm -hmm. Faith responds. It's, it's always speaking. It's either speaking to a mountain. It's speaking to a disease. It's speaking. Faith speaks. And so fear reacts in, oh, what are we going to do? But faith says, this is what we're going to yes. do. <laughs> you know, fear says, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Faith says, this is how I'm going to make it. You know, our faith was designed for confrontation, really. Mm. Our faith was designed to confront issues. Yes. Our faith was designed to confront disease. It was, con it was designed to confront, uh, uh, you know, discouragement that would try to arise in our hearts. So faith responds, you know, with, with proclamations, boldly decree a thing and proclaim a thing and watch it be established. Yes. And that's the thing we are talking about all of the things that the virus does or all yes. of the things that the enemy does but we leave out the part of what our God does and what he can do and is doing, not just what he can do. Right, Cause we know is. God can do all kinds of things, but what he is doing, what is he doing in your life? What is he doing in my life? I'm responding. I'm react, not reacting, but responding in faith by talking about what God is doing right now. I'm healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm set apart by his blood. I am, you know, a child of God. I am not worried or fearful of the uncertainties of our day because I'm a man of faith. You're a man of faith. We are a people of faith. And so faith responds by speaking, you know, yes. responding to a mountain, responding to difficulties. It confronts, you know. Yes. I've heard it said recently, I'm not sure who originated the quote, but that, that faith doesn't deny that a problem exists. It just simply refuses to give it a seat at the table. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so a great statement. Faith says to the problem, you exist, but you're not in control. Right. You don't right. say you're not making the decisions here. Yeah. And again, you know, uh, and this isn't a statement about whether people should stay home or gather in buildings and all that. I mean, I think there's a whole lot that we can learn through all sure. of this. And I, and I just want to go back to what you said a minute ago, and this might be controversial, but I think you're right, and there's been certain times in Christian history that if this thing would have come, it would have been over. It would have been overcome by the church really quick. Yes, absolutely. And and one of the uh, the uh, realities that hit me, and I'm just being honest here, is that when this first started breaking out, I had to do an honest assessment. Now, first, let me preface it by saying I have seen verified miracles. Mm -hmm. I do great things. I mean, tumors come out of people's bodies they're yes. on x-rays they go to remove it it's gone right arteries growing out of people's heart they're not there prayer yes. another test <laughs> they're there you know yes, absolutely I, I have seen these crazy unexplained miracles but the but what concerns me and and has put me into deep prayer over the last few months weeks rather is that for me at least in my experience it's not consistent enough and and then i realized I, I don't even have a great success rate with the flu we're just seeing people mm -hmm. miraculously healed from the flu right and i think we could 
Oh yeah. And so, or I'm thinking about all these pre-existing conditions that may are making people more vulnerable to this virus. Mm -hmm. Overall, and maybe some ministries are doing better than others, but I'm not seeing a huge success rate occasionally. I'm not downplaying the fact that God does miracles. I've witnessed them. God sure. does miracles today. But it's kind of hard that if we're not properly um, seeing the healings from the, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, mm -hmm. um, the, the, you know, the heart disease and the other things, uh, how, you know, uh, COPD, the other things are putting people at elevated risk. Mm -hmm. If we're not seeing that, it's kind of hard to just tell people, well, don't worry about it because you can get healed from COVID-19. Now, I know, I know that we're going to see miracles. We're going to hear testimonies of miracles of miraculous healing coming out of this. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying that God's not healing, not doing, but one of the things that's concerned me is the church does not seem to walk in the power that we have had in the past. And on the front end of this, the Lord told me, Jay, this is a test. This isn't a pass-fail mm -hmm. test, but this is like a, an assessment. I'm right. Your temperature, and yeah. you need to learn. And so well, and, up in and, learning is just we need more power. Absolutely. I mean, I absolutely agree 100%. And the thing of it is, we, the Bible says that we will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. If there's ever been a time that we need to really operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Now, look, I've still got a little old school in me, Jay. I can't on, help man. it. You know? <laughs> I've still got a little old school in me. And I remember growing up in churches there in the hills and the valleys of West Virginia. When we would show up to the house of God, we didn't show up chewing gum and talking about a football game or talking about politics or talking about other things. We showed up to the house of God, and yes, we may have separated ourselves, and the women went to one room and the men went to another room, whatever, but we were about prayer. Yes. And we would pray, and the Holy Ghost would move. We weren't praying for next week's service. We weren't praying for a revival that was coming four or five weeks down the road. We were praying for that night. We were saying, God, we want a move of your spirit in this building tonight. We want a move of your power tonight for your healing working power, your blood to be flowing in this room tonight. And that's when we saw miracles. That's when we saw the power of God. And so to me, and I was having a conversation the other day with my pastor, we were talking about it. And I said, the thing of it is, when I was growing up, we didn't have a plan B. Come on. We didn't have a plan B that said, well, if, you see, whenever the word if is present, faith is gone. Come on. Because faith doesn't say if, faith says when. Yes. Faith says it will happen, not if it happens. And that's the thing. See, we are saying, if I don't get healed from my diabetes, I can take a pill that will help me. Well, where's faith in that? Where's faith in that? And this might be controversial too. Like I said, I've still got a little old school in me, okay? But I just believe that. We didn't have a plan B growing up. I grew up in a, with, in a poor family. We traveled the world. We traveled the country, not the world, but we traveled the country preaching and singing and doing what God called us to do. And there's many times that we would get in our vehicle and we would turn on the ignition and we would start it up and not have enough gas to get where we were going. Yeah. But we didn't turn the ignition off and go back in the house and say, well, we just can't make it. We pulled out of the driveway. Mm -hmm. We went 
where God was telling us to go. And I know firsthand I have seen it happen. My mom and dad pray and us really intercede going down the road and our gas needle go the opposite way. Come on. I've seen it happen. I know that it happens. And so that's the thing. We today, we've become so informed and so educated and figured everything out that we've kicked faith out the door. And so now we've got, a, we've got the economy, an economic system that we can rely on. We've got a health system that we can rely on. We've got medical care that we can rely on. We didn't have health insurance when I was growing up. Our health insurance was calling the pastor and saying, hey, can you pray for my son? He's sick. I, I, tell, I relay a story when I preach different places. My, my aunt, you guys know her, Annie Austin up there in Beckley. When she was growing up as a young teenager, I heard the story. My mom would tell it that she got bit by a spider. And they were driving down there in Wyoming County past Amigo down at the ball field down there where we used to live. And they had a tent. I think it was Paul Adams, I believe, that had a tent set up down there. And instead of going to the doctor, they went to the tent meeting and had her to get prayed for, and God healed right. her of that spider bite. Yeah, prayer was, the, was the, 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 the first response, not the last. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and the Lord – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Seriously, go ahead. No, a, a few years ago, the Lord um, started challenging me and told me I needed to change my default setting. Mm -hmm. And and so, see, as a pastor, I'm mean, a pastor of many years, and I've walked through people through really tough situations, things that I didn't understand. And but th then you you get to the point to where just automatically you assume the miraculous is not going to happen, mm -hmm. and it's only going to happen occasionally. Right. And the Lord said, "You need to change your default from one. Uh, you you need to create a, a faith default. Right. To where." The miracle is your first expectation. And then after a period of time, if that's not happening, then, well, mm -hmm. let's go to plan B or C as we continue to wait and pray. Right. But the first thing we should do is pray and expect the miracles. And honestly, um, um, Christopher, after we started doing that, I, I heard someone say many years ago, he said the, the, the boldest our prayers used to be was God guide the hands of the surgeon. Now, mm -hmm. if I have to have surgery, do I want God to guide the surgeon's hands? Yes. Yes. But he said, that used to be the boldest prayer I prayed. And then I was surprised when I didn't see miracles. I think about that. And he said, but then once I began to pray bold prayers with yeah. expectation, he said, do I, do, you know, do I hit 100%? No. But the level of miracles that we begin to see Greatly, So I took that to heart several years ago, and I said, Lord, I'm just going to start praying bold prayers and expect miracles every time. Yeah. And I tell people, and, and once we did that, we've started seeing the miracles go up. Is it 100%? No. Sure. Well, I love to die with cancer, but I cannot deny the fact that I have seen people miraculously healed with cancer, yes. uh, from cancer, without yes. medical intervention. Now, I've seen other people healed through medical intervention, but I've seen other people miraculously healed without medical intervention, but right. then was later verified by the doctors. I have right. seen this. Do I see it with everyone? No, but can I deny the fact that I've seen it? Absolutely not. But see, that yes. started going up once we started having expectation and praying the bold prayers. And I tell right. people often, it's like we come one time and get prayer, and if we don't get healed, we just give up. Yeah. And I say, you just keep going back to the doctor, even though you're not getting better. 
right? Come every time, come every week. If you have to come every week to get the same condition prayed for, uh, listen, Jesus once prayed for a blind man twice. Yeah. And That's if right. the son of God had to go a couple of rounds Absolutely. <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> Let's hit it, again. <laughs> it might take me a few times as well. It might take yeah. you. Well, I, I think we give up too quick. Yeah. I've seen that happen in our own meetings. Matter yes. of fact, the, the very last revival that we were preaching down here in Clanton, Alabama, I was praying for a man that was having a back condition and he believed. And when I saw him, the Lord brought the man from Listeria in my mind that said, yes. Paul saw and said he had faith to be healed. Yes. And so that scripture came to my mind. And so I knew that that was the Lord telling me that he's got faith to be healed tonight. Yes. All right. So I pulled him up out of that congregation and I laid my hands upon him. Now he said that he couldn't stand for more than 30 to 45 seconds without having excruciating pain in both of his legs and the lower part of his spine. So I put my hands upon him and I said, you believe God can heal? He said, no, I know God can heal me. I yes. said, that's what I'm talking about right there. I laid my hands upon him. I prayed for him. And when I prayed for him, I said, now tell me on a scale from one to 10, what is your pain right now? He said about a seven. I said, what was it when you came up here? He said, about a 12. I said, okay. Yeah. And I said, so the longer you stand here, your pain should be increasing, correct? And he said, that's right. I said, but it's decreasing. Yes. He said, that's right. I said, let's pray again. I prayed for him again. I said, what's your pain level at now? He said, I'd say probably about a four, maybe a five. I said, okay. I said, could you do anything that would increase pain in your body if you bent down would it make it worse he said oh yeah i couldn't bend i said try to bend for me i said do you trust me okay do you no. trust he said yes i said then bend bend down for me he bent over okay got down to about about that right there and said i'm feeling pain i said okay stay right there we're gonna pray for you again i prayed for him the third time i said what's your level of pain he said maybe a two and so i didn't tell him to do this but he went from that stature and he said, I'm going all the way to the ground and put my hands on Come the on. ground. He laid half of his, or his hands flat on the ground yes. and was healed by the power of God. Okay. Come now on. I could have shooed him away and said, okay, praise God. You're healed. Now go back to your seat. Don't come back just in case he comes back. Just don't tell anybody about it. All right. Right. But no, he came back to the service every night and every night I made a spectacle out of him. I said, Hey, come up here. Are you still healed? Yes, sir. Still yep. bending down. Praise God healed by the power of God. That's the thing we have to. And I love what you said. Sometimes Jesus prayed for a guy twice. And when he did, he received his healing. So why can't we pray more than one or two times? Yes. We have to, we have to pray and we have to believe God because God's word is true. And what he said in his word, it's amazing to me that we can go to a foreign country and preach the same message, pray the same prayer and see miraculous results. But we here in America preach in our churches today, and we preach the same message, pray the same prayer with the same anointing and the same faith, and we, do, we don't see anything. Why? Because we're too in our heads. We've got too many distractions. We have too much education about it and not enough blind faith. Now, my wife, I'll use her for an example. She is a Ph.D. holding professor at the University of Alabama. She's a scientist and things like that. So her mind is very analytical. And she told me one time, she said, it's very hard for a person like me that's very analytical in my mind to accept blind faith right. because it has to be reasoned out somehow in my mind and faith doesn't really operate that way. Right. And I love what you said that the boldness of faith, bold prayers. 
I'm reminded of guys like Jack Coe. I heard a story one time of Jack Coe in a tent meeting in Dallas, Texas. They wheeled people in. You know, look, again, I've got old school in me still. I can't help it, you know. And I've been reading stories about Jack Coe and how that the ambulance service there in Dallas, Texas, they stopped bringing people or brought people from the hospital to his meetings free of charge because he was getting more results than the hospitals <laughs> were, okay? That was in the late 50s, all right? And so the ambulance services said, we're going to take people from the hospital to this meeting. This one particular man, they brought in on a stretcher. And when they brought him in on a stretcher, he had oxygen, couldn't breathe and all this kind of stuff. He went over there and simply, while he was preaching, grabbed that guy's oxygen mask, jerked it off, threw it off to the side over there, and the guy started, <gasps> he couldn't breathe and all that. And Jack Coe just simply said, God, either you're going to heal that man or he's going to die. Wow. Now, what would happen today if you and I would say that to someone in our churches today? Honestly, what would happen? I don't mean would God not heal him. That's not my, my question. What, what would people's response be to that? They would oh. stone us. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. They would be on Facebook saying that we are unwise and that we are, you know, not operating in God's love and all these types of things. But here's the thing. Bold actions get bold results. Yes. It's just as simple as that. And, and I think it's extremely important to know what the Father is saying and doing. You, you mentioned that uh, story of, of the lame man who had, and Paul perceived he had faith. Yes. Really interesting. One of the uh, first miracles early on that we saw, I was teaching on miracles and I read that story and I was talking about, and, and sometimes people don't like it when you say, um, and man, I would love to talk about this for about an hour, but I'll probably yeah. have to wrap it up because I want, I want to, to play a couple of clips of you releasing worship because Okay. Uh, guys, I, I believe that even as, as Christopher is going to lead us into worship, that God is going to heal you. Some of you who are watching, I believe that. healing going to happen today. So hang with us. We're going a little longer, but I hope your faith is building. I hope it's increasing. But I wanted to say this. Uh, I was teaching that there seems to be three factors that influence uh, the, the miracles. One is the... Um, there is, what is God doing in this situation? Like, you know, there was a situation where Jesus stepped over some people and healed the one lame man. And then when questioned about it, he said, I do what I see my father doing. Right. So we, ha there is that factor, but it's not the only factor. Led by the spirit. Because, right. because sometimes God can desire something for us and we resist it. I know that doesn't yeah. fit in some people's theology, but I think we have a role to play. Um, and so there is the faith level of the recipient seems to be a factor at times. Yes. Because Paul perceived that the man had faith. Jesus perceived they had faith. Jesus, uh, their lack of faith caused Jesus in his hometown mm -hmm. to do no miracles. He said, except, except heal a few people, you know, a few, yeah, a few. Yeah, just a few people. Yeah. <laughs> but then there is also the, uh, the condition of the minister, the one that the Holy spirit, the gifts are flowing through. Um, and, and I see healing as a gift that is given by the Holy Spirit through us to the person. So the person who's receiving the healing is receiving a gift from God. Absolutely. So there's all three things. There are these bold instruments of God, like Jack Coe, as you were saying. There's what is God doing right now, and then there is this, this, this condition of the re recipient. 
Now, can God just do something anyway? Absolutely. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But when I examine scripture, all three things were a factor. But mm-hmm. I've tried to pray for people, and I could feel that God desired to give them the gift of healing. Yeah. That they would receive this gift and be healed. And I would say, do you believe God can heal you? And they would just look at me and say, well, if it's his will. I'm saying, but do you believe he can? Well, if it's right. his will. And, and, and it's like they couldn't even vocalize the right. word. Yes, I believe God can do this. And, and do I believe in the sovereign will of God? Absolutely. But at times we have used that as a crutch to keep our faith down because faith is risky. Getting out there, yanking oxygen masks off. That's yes, absolutely. Believing for yourself makes you very vulnerable, risky. Praying a bold prayer and commanding cancer to pass out of someone's body is a risky statement. And you have to absolutely get yourself out of the equation and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing and respond. And, and I'm like you, brother. I grew up seeing God do miracles. Yes. Um, and, and I think it's, it's so, but if I could take anything from our, our talk today, I knew it was going to be good. I'm glad we talked about faith. Yes. And that is, is we really need to, to be people of prayer so yes. that we can discern what God is saying and doing in any given moment. And that we need to be people of faith to where we can be this instrument that God can really sealing through. And we yes. also need to increase the, our own faith level and belief when we need personal miracles. Absolutely. And if I can just encourage those that are watching right now, um, be careful. And well, I don't want to say be careful, but be, be, um, how can I say, understand that when you begin to operate in faith, because you can make bold declarations, you can make some bold statements in faith and it's easy. And listen, it's easy to make those statements in an atmosphere of anointing surrounded by brothers and sisters that are believing with you. It's easy to make those statements, but understand that when you make that, the enemy is going to come at you with everything that he's got. Okay. But it's not, it's not. And, and let me say this. Maybe I hope that it doesn't come across weird, but it really doesn't take a lot of faith to say it in those atmospheres. Right. It's the faith when you have to deal with it when there's no one else around. Yes. When you've made that declaration, I'm healed and I feel the anointing of God. I feel the power of God moving in my body. I receive it. I'm healed. Devil, you can't touch me again. And then you walk out that door and you wake up the next morning and your symptoms are twice as bad as they were before you went to church. That's when you use faith. Yes. That's when the faith has to rise in your heart and say, you know what? I might have these symptoms, but I'm still healed by the power of God. Yes. The power of God is still operating in my body. It's still moving. And I administered the power of God into my body. And now I'm going to use my faith to overcome the devil that's trying to come against me. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you make bold declarations, he's coming at you. He's coming against you with everything that he's got, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so that's when we have to utilize our faith. Not when we're standing in the altar or standing in the presence of God. We're just receiving it, receiving the power of God. But we've got to then boldly say the power of God is still moving in my body, even when a doctor says it's not. It's still there. 
yes. is still moving. So be cautious when you when you get up and you say these things. Expect a fight to come. But God didn't give you, God didn't tell you to put on the whole armor of God if He didn't want you to have to fight. Yes, absolutely. You know, if he didn't want you to have to fight, he wouldn't tell you to put on his armor. He wouldn't tell you to put on the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and all of these things. He wouldn't tell you to put that on if he wasn't expecting you to have to fight and do something. Yes, absolutely. I think I, I think it was Rob Parsley I heard years ago say he didn't tell you to put on the whole armor of God or to ride around in a ticker tape parade. Yes. It's a war. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We want to put it on and just ride, ride around in parades, but, man, there's yeah. a real battle. That's it's a exactly war. Right. Yeah. And uh, wow, man, listen, I, I want you, uh, Christopher, as we begin to wrap up right now, I want you to release prayer. And uh, uh, there, there is a couple of songs that I'm going to play of yours. Okay. And guys, listen, you need to, to share this with people, um, not, not for me, but they need the anointing that's going to be released even as Christopher's praying. Uh, also the anointing is going to be released as he's singing and, uh, uh, real quick before we get into that, just uh, let people know how they can connect with you online. Uh, you can go to on our, iouministries.com, www.iou, the letters, iouministries.com. Uh, that's our website. You can connect with us on there. You can, uh, sow seeds into our ministry, donate to our ministry if you'd like to. Uh, you can receive all of our products. You can sign up for our newsletter, become a partner with us, anything that you'd like. Hook up with us on Facebook. Uh, you can search my name, Christopher Hilton. Uh, you can hook up with me on Facebook, IOU Ministries on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social media sites. Uh, you can hook up with us there. We'd love for people to, to join our ministry and get involved with it. And we do a weekly broadcast on Facebook Live called Monday Mentations, and I do that every Monday, and we do worship, and I, I give an encouraging word each week, so we'd love for people to connect with us. That'd be great, and thank you for the opportunity to say that. Absolutely, and guys, uh, connect with Christopher and his ministry. I really believe that God is, uh, as anyone who's connected with me knows that what's on my heart is revival, seeing God just do his sovereign work in our communities, yes. and, uh, and I firmly believe that Christopher and many other people that I've met and reconnected with over the last uh, three or four years uh, is part of that. Mm -hmm. And we're all anticipating. We know there's an expectation. Uh, it's, it's like a, a woman pregnant um, that, that she's not just waiting, she's expecting. And there is an yeah. expectation that God is getting ready to release his power in ways that the world perhaps has not seen since Pentecost. Yeah. And there's been some great moves of God since Pentecost in that first church, but nothing yes. has quite been like that. But we believe that God is going to release this end time power into the church. That's what we're contending for. It's what we're waiting for. It's what we're believing for. It's why we keep telling the stories. We keep encouraging ourselves. And we tell these stories to say, God, if you've done it, as, as uh, the scripture has said, God, we've heard of your great deeds. Now, today, in our time, we ask of you to have mercy on us and do it again. Rescue us and do it again. Yes. Could, could you pray? And as he finishes praying, uh, we're going to go into a clip of worship um, of, 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 of Christopher. Okay. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be together, to speak your word, to speak encouragement to people. Uh, tonight, wherever they're watching at, Lord, we just ask you that you would let faith rise in their hearts. 
Lord, that we know that we are called to be men and women of great faith. Lord, whenever you saw small faith or no faith, you always uprated people and rebuked them for not having enough faith. God, let faith rise in our hearts. Yes, Lord. Let us have the faith that our ancestors had. Lord, let us have yes, great faith. You said greater works that we would do because you went to your father. Lord, it's not because you went to the father, but it was because of what you left behind. And that was faith and authority in the earth. And Lord, yes. let us walk in the authority that you walked in. Lord, let us walk and abide and have the faith of God that we can speak to the mountain and it will be removed. Let us have faith that Peter had that on your word that we would step out of the boat and we would see a great miraculous thing happen and we would walk yes, on the water just as you did, Lord Jesus. And Lord, today, let faith rise in our hearts that we can overcome the uncertainties of what's going on Thank in our you, society right now, that we will not be overcome by fear, but we will respond in faith in the name of Jesus, yes, that we will respond, that we will overcome, that we have overcome, and we will continue to overcome as faith builds in our heart and builds in our lives. Let us speak words of faith tonight. Let us speak words of faith over our family, over our health, over our finances, over every area of our lives today. In Jesus' name, help us to be men and women of great faith. Once again, Lord, and we give you the praise and give you the honor. And bless Pastor Jay. Bless this video. Bless this ministry, God, that he will continue to do what you've called him to do, Lord, that he will have greater doors, greater exposure in the name of Jesus, that, God, you will work through him as a mighty man of God that he is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you amen. so much for being with us today, Christopher. Guys, listen, yes, if you need a miracle in your life, uh, I want you just to posture yourself right now in a place of worship as we, um, the, the first song I want to play is a song you wrote. And, and if, if you don't care just to do a set up on the dream, I believe you had a dream. I did. And, and this song came out of it. And after you do the setup, we're going to go right to it. And then after that song, we're going to go into the, the song, Jesus is there. And I just believe people are going to get hit. Listen, if the Lord touches you while you're watching this live or on replay, please let us know. Yes. Just go ahead and set the song up and then we'll start it up. The song, I believe it was in 2007, 2008, I believe. Um, I was at home sleeping in my bed. Uh, in this dream, I was leading worship at a congregation, a large congregation, thousands of people there, had a wonderful band, wonderful worship team, even a choir singing along and playing. And we were singing uh, the song, Breathe, This Is The Air I Breathe. But we were singing it to the tune of Sweet Home Alabama. So we kind of had a little funky beat with it or whatever. But every time we would sing the song and I would look out, I would see the congregation and I would see people and I would think, man, God's really moving in this right now. People are enjoying it, having a great time. And you could just see, the, see them worshiping and praising the Lord in a joyful way. But my spirit was just grieved. Every time we would sing it, I would say, Lord, I see this, but I feel that you're not really in it. Wow. And obviously I'll condense this, but the scene changed immediately. And I found myself in the top of a hayloft looking out over this beautiful wheat grain, a field of grain that was absolutely beautiful. The wind was blowing and they were all synchronized together, worshiping the Lord. And I could just sense the presence of God there 
by myself. And I literally fell down on my knees and I lifted my hands and I began to sing that song or this song that you're about to hear. Lord, I stand here alone and I bow at your throne. And all I can say is that you are holy. Yes. You know, you are holy. As I worship you and I praise you, I surrender my ways. It's not my thinking. It's not my desire, but it's your desire. And so I worship you and to, a to you alone, you are our holy God. And so that's, it's the song. I wrote it in my dream. I got up, scrambled for a piece of paper, wrote it down real quick. And then uh, the rest you'll hear in just a few moments. Yes. Let's go to the song. You guys are going to be blessed. Get to a place of worship. In the next few minutes, the Lord is going to, to touch you. I firmly believe it. Amen.
Give up this fight when you've tried. 